Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, queens. Clearly, surely, of course, certainly, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am excited because, again, God did not promise me today. The world did not promise me today, and yet, by the grace and the mercies of God, we're alive to see another day, to witness another day. We call this Manifest Monday because that is when we get to manifest every promise of God, meaning make real, bring into existence. So I don't know what this new age manifestation is and magic. I don't, I don't know nothing about that. I ain't about that life. But as for me, I'm not going to discontinue using what God ordained because of the world abusing it and misusing it. I'm not going to stop making clear and obvious to the mind's eye or display or show uh, by one's acts or appearance to demonstrate the glory and the presence of God because the world chose to take what belongs to us that we refuse to use and pervert it. So it's still Manifest Monday. I'm still talking about manifestation because it's of the promises of God. It's of the spoken word. It's of what God has decreed and declared over my life that I need to see, that I need to demonstrate, that I need to make clear or real to my mind's eye. So I thank God that he's given me the power to manifest every promise that he's made, every word that was spoken out of the mouth of God. It is our duty. It is our responsibility as believers to bring it into existence. If God spoke it, he said, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. So if God has already decreed and spoken something in the heavens concerning your life, it is your obligation, it is your duty, it is your responsibility to manifest the very presence of God on this earth. As a believer, how dare you not believe in manifesting? How dare you not understand the power of manifesting what God promised you? Not the New Age manifestation. Now, if you learn in the New Age manifestation, then, yeah, I don't, I don't know nothing about that life. I ain't about that life. All I know is what God spoke in his word. All I know is how to manifest the glory and the presence of God. So every Monday we're here at 6 a.m. to speak the word of the Lord and to make manifest the very promises of God, to make manifest the very presence of God and what he's spoken over our life, what he has said concerning us, what he has said concerning our life, our destiny. What has he told you concerning your 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 future. Like what did God speak to? What did, what did he show you? What dreams, what visions, what 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 expectations did he put into your heart that you have not seen yet? That you have not pulled down from heaven to earth. That's why we pray as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. When God taught the disciples how to pray, he said pray like this, as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. So you have the power, you have the authority in this earth to bring down heaven. Like you have the authority that whatever God said, whatever he spoke, 
whatever he showed you in dreams and visions of the night, you are to be able to manifest that. You are to be able to bring that down into the earth realm so that you can see it. Amen. Amen. Give me a moment. I'm trying to log in on another cell phone. I'm going to type the password in. But I'm excited because um, last night God laid on my heart to begin a series, right? And I'm excited about this series because it's a, it's, um, it's a little different. But um, he put it on my heart, and it's called uh, Deliverers from the Dark. Deliverers, I'm trying to type it at the same time, Deliverers from the Dark. And I am excited because, uh, 6 a.m. prayer, y'all forgive me, I'm trying to multitask, uh, but talking and typing is uh, not really my forte. <clears throat> But I appreciate and I honor every queen that's on that is listening by way of playback. Um, I would say that we won't be long, but we're going to be as long as um, as the Lord will have us to be. Uh, because I really feel that he wants to get something to us. But if you have your um, Bible app <laughs> or Bible, where we're coming, our scripture today is coming from Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, give me a minute, set this up, okay, I should have brought my water, I know my voice is, um, it's a lot raspier these days than it used to be, (laughs) but, um, we bless the Lord for it. Anyhow, <clears throat> so in the mornings, it's, it's really uh, it's really got a, a extra an extra little base to it. But that's okay. We gonna push through. Um. So in the book of Exodus, call me Exodus chapter two. Exodus chapter two, and I have not. Um, I'm not even sure what we will call this first installment besides uh, besides the, the title of the series, which is Deliverers from the Dark. Deliverers from the Dark. And this is going to be session one. Y'all know I call everything as coaching, so session one, but <laughs> uh, message one, if you will. Deliverers from the dark. So what's interesting is many times when you see a deliverer in history, right, whether that's biblical history or whether that's even in our um, life history or in your life's history, the interesting thing about deliverers is they never typically have this very clean, amazing, beautiful story, right? Whenever you encounter a deliverer, especially in the word of God, there's someone who has 
elevated and come out of the shadows of the dark, right? Or someone who's had to arrive to where they are from a dark place. And a lot of times I think we get misconstrued and, mis- and we misunderstand the, the journey that we have to take, right? We misunderstand the journey that we have to take when it comes to the destiny on our life. So we begin to think that it's something wrong. We begin to think when we're going through difficult seasons, when we're going through a difficult time, when there's a lot going on in our life, we begin to think the opposite, right? We begin to think that God has forgotten about us or God has abandoned us or God does not love us or or maybe that there is no plan for our life. And so whenever we start to go through this series of events, we begin to question the call of God on our life. We begin to question the destiny God has for us, and we begin to question the journey that God has for us. So the purpose of this series is to strengthen your faith and to strengthen you to understand that you are a deliverer, whether you are a deliverer of your, in your family, whether you are a deliverer in your community, whether you're called to deliver generations and nations of people. You are a deliverer, so your way is not going to be easy. The way of a deliverer is difficult right? Because there's someone who has to rise out of the shadows, right? You're someone who has to rise out of despair, rise out of despondency, rise out of things that you didn't think that you were supposed to go through. So you will begin to question the journey of God on your life until someone comes along to let you know that it's going to be difficult. Yes, the Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard, right? We understand that. However, when you are a deliverer, to get to the destination, you got to go through some dirty things, okay? So this series is going to focus and highlight some deliverers in the Word of God and how they rose out of darkness to become the deliverers that they are. Because my hope is to encourage you on your journey of being a deliverer, on your journey of traveling through the darkness, that you don't have to stay there, that you don't have to sit in darkness, that the darkness is the development. If you're taking notes, that's the first point. Your darkness is your place of development. It's not where you run from it. You run to it because it's developing you. It's making you. It's molding you. It's what you're going to need to get to that next place in God, to get to that next place in the world. If you can't handle anything, what you going to do? One of my favorite quotes, and you may have heard it, um, is from one of the Batman movies, right, from one of the Batman series. And Bane was telling Batman when the when the lights go out, right? He's like, "Listen, you." Uh, I get his exact wording, but he says, "You you merely adopted the dark, right? Meaning you you just you just learned how to adapt to it. You just learned how to maneuver in it, right? But me, oh, I was born in it. I was born in it. So for you, when the lights go out, it's difficult for you because that's not normal to you." You don't know how to navigate the dark. You've never been in a, a place of darkness for a prolonged amount of time. You, you jumped in and jumped out. But, see, I, I was born in it, so I had to learn how to, uh, to not only adopt it but navigate it, to live in it. Here's his exact quote. Bang says, oh, you think darkness is your ally, but you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but blinding, meaning he sat in darkness so long. He was born into darkness until the light was was blinding to him. Whereas you, we get into dark situations, we feel like it's the end of the world. We get into darkness, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to navigate because we were made to think that every day is supposed to be sunshine. 
No, no, no. I thought I was going to walk in a flowery bed of ease. We look at the world that's flourishing or we think they're flourishing. We look at the wicked. We look at people that don't even love God and it looks like they're exceeding. They're in the light. They're, they're walking there. They're rich. They're wealthy. They, they appear to be happy. So we begin to discredit our journey because we feel like we're sitting in darkness while they're sitting in the light. But the Bible says that even the wealth of the wicked has already been stored up for the just. And he said, covet not the way of the, of the, of the sinner. Don't, don't look at him and rejoice uh, or get sad thinking that he's living a life that you should be living. Because you are called to be a deliverer. And, and the wages of sin is death. And, and what you see in the world, it, it's only going to last for a moment. It's not a lifetime. It's limited. It's not a lifetime. So you have to understand that if I feel like I'm in a, a season of darkness right now, if I feel like I'm in a season where I cannot see my way out, I cannot see the light, you have to question, it's possible that I am a deliverer and I'm called to be developed in the darkness. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So deliverers from the dark. So let's start in Exodus. This is going to be a series of individuals that were deliverers in some type of capacity that had to be delivered first out of darkness, out of the shadows. Some of you are in shadows where you feel like nobody knows your name. Nobody sees you. Nobody sees what you're going through. Nobody sees what you're suffering and experiencing right now. It's like you're literally sitting in darkness and you're screaming for someone to see you. And it's like there's no light in your life. Let's talk about that. The greatest deliverers came out of darkness before they were ever spotlighted. Write that down. Some of the greatest deliverers came out of darkness before they were ever in the spotlight or before they were ever spotlighted. All right, so in Genesis, sorry, Exodus chapter 2, the birth of Moses. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it. Listen closely. The word is good. Okay, you hear me? Good. Listen. She got a papyrus basket, and she coated it with tar and pitch. Did you hear that? She coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Y'all, this is so good, and you don't even know it yet. But hang on in here. I'm going to tell you why it's good. She placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it. Verse 6, she opened it. This is so good, y'all. You don't even know it yet. <laughs> she opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. Y'all, this is good. This is good. Listen, he was crying. 
and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you, y'all. <laughs> this is taking me out. How do y'all not read your Bible? I don't understand. I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Now, I know this might not make sense yet to you, but it's about to make a lot of sense because this is so good. This is so good. So listen, first of all, we see a woman, Jokebet, right? It's probably not how you pronounce her name, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. That's the D.I. version, Destiny Inspired. I just read from you the NIV, uh, New International Version, but we always sprinkle it with the D.I.V. That's the Destiny Inspired version for, for continuity and understanding. So listen, first of all, you, you may ask, why would this woman put her baby in a basket and put him in the river? Was she trying, was she trying to get rid of the baby? Was she trying uh, to get rid of it? Did she not want her child? Did she not want her baby? Like, why would you take this baby and put it in the river? First of all, you have to understand that that may be chapter 2, but in chapter 1 of Exodus, it ends with verse 22. No, let's start with verse, verse 20 of Exodus 1 because you got to know what's happening. Actually, we got to start. Listen, y'all, I love the Bible. I got to start where you understand it. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, please stick with me. I promise you this is going to be good. It's not going to take long to make this point. Um, okay, so look, the new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt, all right? He said to the people, look, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. The Israelites were in captivity. They were slaves. Israel always represents God's people. We represent Israel. We are God's chosen people. So the Israelites were in captivity. They were slaves to Egypt, right? And so the Pharaoh was like, look, they, it's too many, of the Egypt, too many of the Israelites. He said, come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become more numerous than us. And if a war break out, our enemies going to fight against us and leave the country. So basically, Pharaoh himself was afraid of God's people, even though they were slaves. Have your enemy ever been afraid of you and you didn't even have what you needed? You weren't even who you were supposed to become and your enemy was already intimidated by you? So this is what's happening. Pharaoh is afraid of his own slaves because they are numerous. Listen, these are still God's people, a slave or not. I'm still God's chosen. I'm not even in my full capacity yet, but I'm still chosen by God. So the hand of God is on my life. So you better be be afraid, be very afraid. Some people ignore you. They act like they don't see you. They don't want to support you. They won't help you. And you're like, what you looking at me like that for? I ain't got the money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the backing. I don't have the support. Why are you intimidated by me? 
Why do you not want to help me? Why do you do you deal harshly with me? Because you are still chosen by God as a deliverer, and the enemy knows it. Even though you don't have what you need, he doesn't want to be the one to give it to you because he knows how powerful you are going to become. Are you getting what I'm putting down? So he said, let's give them slave masters. Let's oppress them with labor. Um, let's make them build up these cities for us. And the, the thing is, the Bible says, verse 12 of Exodus 1, the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. Listen, if you don't look at my life as an example, baby, the more I'm oppressed, the more the enemy comes against me, it's like the more powerful I become, the more anointed you become, the more the more grit that you have, the more determination that you have. It seems like the more the enemy does to you, there's a group of queens in God's kingdom, the more we rise to the occasion and the enemy cannot figure out why. So here's what he says, because we got to keep going. He says, listen, listen, listen. Listen, the more they were oppressed, y'all know I get excited. I'm trying to calm down, but I can't. The more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. The more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians were afraid of their own slaves. They dreaded them because it's like Bebe's kids. They won't die. They keep multiplying. No matter what we do, they will not quit. So they made their lives bitter and harsh with labor, with brick, with mortar, with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. It seems like on your job, that boss just works you ruthlessly. It seems like in your family, the people that don't like you, they give you such a hard time and you don't do nothing to them. But it seems like every time you turn around, your way is hard. It is because you are the chosen people of God. You have been chosen to be deliverers. You have been chosen to be the ones that God wants to use in this season that we are in right now. So you are under hard taskmasters. You are under people that feel like they're trying to do you dirty, but really they don't know. They are developing a side of you that you don't even know exists in you. My God, today, is it good? Is it good? Are you getting what I'm putting down? All right. So listen, listen, okay, I got to get into deliver some of the dark, but I got to give you context to the text or else it won't mean that much to you, right? <sighs> okay, okay. Okay, so here's what the Pharaoh decided to do. All right, nothing we're doing is working. We're putting them under pressure. We're making them slaves. We're doing them dirty. We're lying on them. We're scandalizing them. None of that is working. So this is what we got to do. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, this is, what the, 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 this is what's going to allow you to understand why we just read why Jokebe put the baby in the river to begin with. We're going to find out right here. Okay, so. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, right, the ones who helped birth the babies, whose names were Sifra and Pua, when you are helping these Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that a baby is a boy, if you see that these women birth a baby boy, kill him. Kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt told them to do. They let the boys live. The king of Egypt summoned the midwives and they asked them, why have you done this? Why did you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. 
they are vigorous and they give birth before the midwives arrive. So they basically made an excuse for why they're letting these, these babies live, but really they were letting them live because they feared God. They knew, just like Pharaoh knew, there is a deliverer amongst one of these babies. And because we don't know which one he is, kill all of them. Kill all of them. People in your family, people in your bloodline, your life, it seems like things are dying out. The, the, society, and this ain't to get political, but society is allowing the, the death of babies. Yes, we want to say it's my body. You can't tell me what to do with my body, but listen, my body is not my body. My body belongs to God, and if the Lord said that a deliverer is supposed to come through this body, then who am I to say kill it, okay? But that's another subject for another day. Don't at me. Don't tell me. Well, definitely, I don't care. All I know is my body don't belong to me. It belongs to God, so if a baby is supposed to be delivered from me, who's supposed to save this nation, far be it from me, regardless of how he got here, regardless of what happened that led to his presence here, if the deliverer is supposed to come from me, who do I think I am to reply against God and say no? Shall cross my heart and sick of pulling my Lord. Don't let I ain't don't let it be mean. Oh, make sure I'm married, Lord. Don't send nothing before it's time, okay? Another story for another day. But listen, we got to keep going. I got 30 minutes. Um, so he said, you're supposed to kill these babies. But they said, listen, they come too fast. These, these Hebrew women, they be popping them out like popcorn, basically. That was their excuse. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. Listen, there are people that God has assigned. There are destiny helpers that the enemy wants to fight against you, but he's allowing destiny helpers on your job, strangers that you don't even know, where the enemy has plotted evil against you and plotted all these things to try to keep you down to keep you from rising. He's assigned people to your case to help you that you don't even know. I speak the favor of God on my queens. I speak the favor of God that people give unto you and they don't know why. That people have, have mercy and kindness on you whereas they wouldn't have it on other people because where the enemy is trying to shut you down, God is going to send people that's going to raise you up for no reason. People that don't even know you, they never met you, but when they come across you something is going to prompt them in their spirit. It's going to say bless them. Help them so into their business, so into their ministry. Help Help them on their job. Give them a promotion. Send them a raise. Give them a good review. Because what the enemy wants to plot against you to bring it down, I call forth your destiny helpers that are going to raise you up. So nothing that the enemy does will be able to work. The weapon is going to form, but it won't prosper. And here's the thing. If you ever go back and read that scripture, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, we don't read everything in context. If you read the, ver the verse prior to it, it says that God is the one who, who blows on the coals, who forges the instrument, who made the waster to destroy. So if my father made the weapon, what makes you think? that the weapon that my daddy formed will be able to prosper against me. How can you prosper against me with a weapon that my daddy made? My daddy's not going to let a weapon that he made harm me, so that's why no weapon formed against me shall prosper because my daddy formed it, and he's not going to allow something that he formed to prosper against me. Are you hearing me? Ah, okay, we got to keep going. I get excited. Is it good, IG? I'm on IG live too, y'all. Is it good, IG? Okay, let's keep moving. So now do you understand why she put the baby in the river, okay? I said all that to bring continuity. Okay, okay. So the last verse of, of, of chapter 1 says, Pharaoh gave this order to all the people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile but let every girl live. So listen, technically, Jochebed did not disobey because she definitely put Moses in the Nile. 
Now, why the Nile River? Why the Nile? Yes, 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 it's great. Awesome. Listen, why the Nile River? Why the Nile River? For one, the Nile River is considered one of the most deadliest rivers in the world. He said, throw the baby in the most deadliest river in the world. But little did he know the power of water. We're talking about deliverers from the dark. You are a deliverer from the dark. You were in a dark place in your life where it seems like the sun just won't shine. Sunshine and rain. Listen, don't get me to singing. But you were in a dark season right now. And listen, some people say, oh, well, this last year was dark. Listen, you've had a few dark years, if we're honest. It seems like back to back to back, life has been dark for you. You've had some light moments, but overall, it seems like you've been in a dark season where it's like, God, what in the world? Will I ever see the light of day? Will I ever rise? Like, will I ever come into the light? True, listen, if this is good, somebody needs to... IG, y'all need to send this to somebody and tell them to get on this call, uh, on the prayer call. Y'all need to send this number and tell people to get in this call. Listen, so the Nile River was one of the most dangerous rivers in the world. Why? Why? Listen, this river is noted for its fast-moving crocodiles. Throw these baby boys in the river with crocodiles. Fast-moving crocodiles, meaning as soon as you throw them in, they're going to be devoured. They're going to be devoured. So it's noted for its fast-moving crocodiles that kill some 200 people every year. So that's a year. Imagine throwing a baby in the water. That's immediate death. There are hippopotamuses in there. I mean, they can get stumped on, right? Venomous snakes in, the, in this river. Deadly mosquitoes. You ever heard of West Nile virus? <laughs> Where do you think they come from? <laughs> Malaria. Listen, so this river, not only did it have deadly animals and disease, but it, 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 it possessed things that could attack and kill the baby. Fatal disease. So if the animal doesn't, doesn't eat him up, the mosquitoes will impart a disease in him that will kill him. And here this woman, Jokibed, she tried to hide the baby for three months. But when she could no longer do it, she saw that he was a fine baby. She realized, no, 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 my baby different. I know everybody like think their baby is special, and you should. But this woman, she knew, no, 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 there is something special about this baby. He's a fine baby, not just because he's handsome, but meaning God has ordained this child. My baby is a deliverer. My baby can't die like the rest of these babies. No, no, I claim authority over this child. And many of you women, you need to start claiming authority over the baby God has birthed on the inside of you, whether that's your natural child or whether that is that gift on the inside of you, whether that is an anointing on the inside of you, whether that is that idea, that business. There is something that God is birthing on the inside of you that the enemy wants you to destroy. He wants it to, to die. He's bringing everything he can against it so it does not prosper, hoping that you don't realize what you're carrying is a deliverer that you yourself are a deliverer. You wonder why your way has been so dark. You wonder why, why were you the one that was raped? Why you were, were a molester? Why were you rejected so much? Why were you so abandoned? Why did you come into this world in darkness? You came in darkness. Why am I surrounded by darkness? 
God, if I'm a roach, just say that. <laughs> if I'm a roach, just say that. But you're not. You are a deliverer. And deliverers come through darkness. They come through the darkness because there is something special on their life. So think it not. The Bible says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which has come to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice that you are partakers. And if you suffer with him, you will be glorified with him. Baby, you think I'm going to sit in this darkness and suffer and not be raised up and not reach the glory of God? God forbid. May you see the light of God's glory in your life. So the West, West Nile, the Nile in Egypt was one of the deadliest rivers. But this woman has so much faith. This woman, this mother has so much faith. She made a basket out of papyrus, right? She made a basket. Y'all know we got to exhaust the text. We got to dig into this. I just, I can't just read one thing and leave it alone. I need, I need to elaborate. I need to let you know why you jump and scream and shout and dance and I receive it. It was good. I need you to know why it's good. I need you to know, okay? So listen, she made a basket. She put a baby boy in a basket, right? So let's talk about this basket and why, why it's significant. So she made it out of papyrus. That's something they used to make boats and ships with. But it's not so much about what she made it out of. It's what she put in the basket to make it float. Because the papyrus alone is not going to float. It's what they made paper out of. It's what they use as scrolls. And paper is not, you know, paper, it can be kind of weak. It's not, it's not strong. So, 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 so. What did she use to make this, this basket float? What did she use to make sure that the baby did not drown? Because now that's the concern. How do I put this baby in the river if the crocodiles don't get it, if the snakes don't get it, if the hippopotamus don't get it, if the mosquito don't, don't, don't disease it, then, then the basket might drown it. How do I keep the thing that God has promised me, the thing that God has given me, how do I keep it afloat? It seems like you can't stay afloat. It seems like your finances are constantly being attacked, your business, your, your family. It's not, I can't stay afloat. It seems like I'm drowning. So what does she do? She used pitch and tar. The Bible says she used pitch and tar. Okay, what is significant about that? What is pitch and tar? What is pitch and tar? What is pitch and tar? And why was it significant? Okay, so this is why. Pitch is the sticky, resinous, black, or dark brown substance, so it's dark. Black or pitch brown, dark substance that is obtained as a residue from distillation of wood, tar, or turpentine, right? Have you ever seen them make roads with, with black tar? That. She used something dark, black, messy, and dirty to put in her baby's basket to make it float. So this wasn't a little cute, beautiful basket. See, we see the baskets, we see this beautiful, woven, you know, brown, nice basket. No, baby, nobody had time to make something beautiful. She took dirty, nasty pitch and tar, something that was black and dark brown in nature, and plastered it around the basket to get it to stick together to float. So it wasn't something beautiful. So now I'm in something dirty. I'm in something nasty just to keep me from drowning. I'm in residue. It was used to be commonly used as waterproofing material on sailing ships. 
was what she used to waterproof the papyrus. What was used as paper, she had to put dirty, nasty black tar and pitch just to make it float, to make it waterproof. What's interesting about using pitch and tar? Have you ever heard the, the phrase, and you probably used it, it was pitch black. It was pitch dark. Where do you think that phrase and that terminology came from? It came from the substance pitch. Pitch is a substance. Pitch and tar is a substance. It's a black or dark brown dirty substance. You've seen them make roads out of tar and pitch. So we get our phrase and terminology pitch black because pitch itself is black in nature. <laughs> Did, uh, I don't think it's setting in with y'all. Pitch dark. He was put in a basket made of pitch, so it was pitch dark. How do we know that the basket wasn't an open basket in the sun? How do we know? Because the word of God tells us. We don't have to make it up. The word of God tells us that he was put in a basket that was pitch dark. We, put, we, say, we see where she said he, she opened the basket. She opened it. So that means it was closed. That means he was a deliverer in the dark. Can you imagine that baby didn't do nothing wrong, did nothing to deserve this, put into a, a, a dangerous river and covered up, sitting in darkness. We don't know how long the bath was in the river, but it sat, he sat in darkness. He sat in darkness and danger. Come on now. He ain't the only one. Some of us are sitting in darkness and in dangerous situations. And we're trying to figure out what's going to be our end. We're floating down the Nile River in darkness and in danger. Listen, the basket was dark. And this sounds like our life. The basket was dark. The situation was dirty. The fact that the Pharaoh said to kill the babies and throw them in the river, that's a dirty situation. So the basket is dark, meaning the place that I'm supposed to survive in is already dark. My family, I came into this world in darkness. Right? They didn't like me. I, I wasn't the right skin tone. I wasn't the right, right color. I didn't have the right parents. I didn't come the right, from the right background. So I was in a basket, a situation. I was, I was in this world in darkness. The basket was dark. The situation was dirty. You've been done dirty in your situation. The decree was dangerous. Kill them. The decree that the enemy has put over your head is a dangerous one. We can't let her live. We can't let her survive. We can't let her get through this. The river itself was deadly. You've been put in situations that's been deadly. But God was a deliverer. Why was God a deliverer? Because you were the deliverer, and he had to protect what was called to deliver. So you're in a situation that's dark, that's dirty, that's dangerous, and that's deadly. Sounds just like Moses' situation. Dark, dirty, dangerous, and deadly, but yet he was a deliverer. So you thinking that my way supposed to be easy, I'm supposed to have all the money off the rip, I'm supposed to just flourish and succeed, not knowing that the darkness, the dirtiness, the dangerousness, the deadliness is God's way of confirming that you are in fact a deliverer. You are the one from your family that's supposed to change everything around. You're the one that's supposed to break the generational curses and cycles in your bloodline of sickness, of poverty, of death, of unforgiveness, of all of these things because you are the deliverer. Do you understand what I'm putting down? That's why your way seems so much harder. 
It's not because God has forgotten about you. It's not because he does not love you. It's not because he's not concerned about you. Yes, God, come on, pretty planner. It's not because, good morning, it's not because he does not see you. God sees you. But he says, before I deliver you to be a deliverer, I have to develop you. Bane told Batman, listen, you just adopted the dark. I was born in it. Meaning you have to learn how to fight on the enemy's territory. The enemy was born in darkness too. All he knows is darkness, and he knows she can't handle the dark. God even says, I dwell in gross darkness. Meaning you, you, I, the day of the Lord is a day of darkness. Come on now, we try to demonize the darkness all the time. Yes, the darkness can be a bad thing, but the Bible says in the last days, there's going to be darkness upon the earth and gross darkness on the minds of the people. But if I already know how to navigate the dark, listen, people who are blind, the darkness don't bother them. The darkness only bothers people who are only accustomed to light. So when the lights go out and you stub your toe, you can't find the refrigerator, someone who's already blind, it ain't nothing for them. They know how to navigate even in the darkness. God is trying to make it to where you can navigate even in darkness. The Bible says in Psalms 139, where should I go to flee from the presence of the Lord? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Because when you are chosen, even when you sit in darkness, there is a light about you. When you're going through the worship, that's right, I am the shift for my family. Declare that. Even when you are sitting in darkness and darkness is all around you, your enemies and your adversities, they still see a light over your head. There's still a light about you. That's why you wonder, I'm already down and they're kicking me. I'm already down and people don't like me. I haven't even reached where I'm trying to go and they won't support me. They won't help me. It's not because they don't see you as something. It's because they see the light of God that's shining over you. They see there is something about her that I, I don't like it. There's something about her. There's a grace on her life that I don't have. There's an anointing on her life. With limited resources, she still reigns. With limited resources, she still reigns. And we're wondering, why? What is it about me? Why are they picking on me? Why my family didn't like me? Why my friends? Why does it seem like everybody I befriend, they turn on me and they reject me? Why the people that could help me, they won't help me because they see the light on your life. And they say, I'll be doggone if I'm the one to help them up because I already know they're going to rise. It's not that they don't know. Your enemy knows the hand of God is on her life. It's not that she's not going to rise. I'm just not going to be the one to help her. But you thinking the darkness is a bad thing. Listen, I've learned how to maneuver in the dark. My days have not all been sunshine and rain. As a deliverer, I've learned how to sit in darkness because I've learned that even in that dark season, I'm in travail. It's in the darkness of my life that I learned how to travail. It's in the darkness that I really developed the, 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 the gift of intercession or, or the grace of intercession on my life. It's in darkness that I learned how to, how to go to war in the spirit realm. Not when it was sunshine. For what? Every life is good. I don't know travail in the light. I don't know travail when all the bills are paid, when everybody's healthy, when life is flourishing. I don't know what travail is. Why? Travail for what? Ain't nothing happening. 
but it's been in the darkness. Y'all saw me post that reel about how many days I cried. I sat in my car. I sat in my room, and I cried. But in those tears, I learned how to cry unto God. Okay, listen, listen. Let me give you a point, and we're getting out of here. We're getting out of here. It ain't even seven. We're doing good. Ah, I wish I had my water. Is it good, y'all? Are you getting what I'm putting down? Deliverers from the dark. You're sitting in darkness thinking that it's the devil. All darkness is not the devil. God says, I have you sitting in this because you are a deliverer. And I need to develop you in the darkness. So when I bring you to the light, you're going to be in light while the world is sitting in darkness now. While the world is in a recession, we're in recess. It looks like we're playing in the dark while they're in a recession because we've already been developed in darkness. This don't phase us. We're deliverers. We were made in darkness. So while this is new to y'all, you don't know what to do, I'm called to be the deliverer. So listen, here's the point. Stick with me. We're about to finish. Pitch black. We know pitch black and pitch dark comes from the word pitch and tar, which is a black, dark substance that is used, is what Jochebed used to make Moses' basket float. It was the darkness. Amen. It was the darkness. Pitch black don't bother me. Because it's the very thing that's going to make me float. <laughs> uh, y'all not listening. Y'all don't like the Bible. Listen, okay, okay. So verse 6, she opened it. So we know that he was sitting in darkness, closed and pitch black. We know that he was crying. The Bible says in verse 6 that when she took him out the basket, she, he was crying. That. Verse 6 says, she opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. When God sees us crying, when God sees us crying out to him, he rewards us in the light. When God sees us crying out in the dark, he rewards us in the light. Moses was crying in the dark, in the basket. He was crying out. God heard even the cries of the child. He was crying out in the dark. And God used his, God rewarded him in the light. He allowed uh, Pharaoh's daughter to open the basket, and he was rewarded in the light with life. He was rewarded with being raised in Pharaoh's house in the light. You have to know in your darkness, these are the principles. This is the principle. Write it down. When God sees us crying out in the dark, he rewards us in the light. You don't have to run to Facebook crying every time something happens. Them people can't help you. Please, let, please understand. Them people cannot help you. Some of them people cannot help themselves. And when you expose a matter before it's time, there are things that God had me sit in these, this last year and a half to two years. You ain't hear about it until the end of it. I did not run to social media. Them people cannot help me. All them people are not called to me. Most of them people, if we're honest, don't even like me. <laughs> there are people in my community that don't even like me. But they the first ones talking about queen under my post, and they the main ones gossiping about me. So I'm under no guise that people love me just because they talking about queen destiny. 
Long live the queen. They're the same ones that's trying to bring death into your life. They're the same ones speaking word curses, hoping that you don't rise. I'm under no false pretense. I am not crazy. I don't trust these people. God says, I owe them love. My mentor, um, Wilson Smith, says all the time, I owe to love them. God says, oh, no, man, nothing but to love him. I owe you love, but I don't owe to like you. I owe to love you because that's my, that's my duty as a leader, as a believer, as a child of God. I am old to love you, but I am not old to trust you and don't. <laughs> and don't. But I love you, though. I don't trust you, though. Man is fickly. They will turn on you. So when you cry, you cry out to God. Y'all, people want to see you down. They can't wait to see you down. They can't wait to see you down and out. But you better believe, even when you see me down, you better believe I'm arise. So he cried out to God in that basket in darkness when nobody could see or hear him. And God rewarded him in the light. When she opened up the basket, he was rewarded. So you have to seek God even in that dark season. We're not just crying in turmoil or distress. We're crying out to God meaning seek him in prayer. Verse 9, she told, so his sister says, hey, because remember, she's been watching. God, even in your darkness, there was still someone watching over the basket. So he was never truly alone. When you feel you are alone, God will still be a light unto you. Miriam, his sister, was a light unto him. She still watched to make sure she knew what happened to that basket. So even in your darkness, God has angels of provision. God has angels already watching over you. You wonder why the car accident couldn't take you out. It couldn't, it couldn't take your, your child out. You wonder why, why the depression, why the divorce, why the rejection, the abandonment, although you felt like you were going to die, you couldn't die because God was watching over his word. God will always watch over his word. Listen, it's not destiny. There's nothing so amazing about destiny. It is the word on my life. That is why I have to do his will because he's watching over his word. Let me say that again. That is why I have to do God's will because he is watching over his word. The moment that destiny decides she does not want to do the will of God, God has obligation. He has every ground and right to take me out of here. Okay, you don't want to do my will. You don't have to be here. You're not here on vacation. Yes, you may vacate. Hey, Queen Nicoya, yes, you may have some good times, but I did not send you here on vacation. I sent you here to do my will. And if you decide, Destiny, that you want to make this about you and your greatness, then I don't need you. And God has shown that many times over and over again. That's why I don't care what people think about me. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you don't support me. Baby, I am here to do the will of God. And so whether you help me or whether you don't, whether you support me or whether you don't, whether you talk good about me or whether you don't, baby, God is watching over his word on my life. Y'all, my hair doing its own kind of thing. Jesus, come on, Queen Erica. God is watching over his word. You don't have to watch me. God is watching over his word. So while you are watching and you ain't helping, while you watching and you speaking word curses, you better believe that every evil arrow that's sent to you must return back to the sender when you know who you are. Baby, I know my authority. God is watching over his word. Moses was, was in the deadliest river in the world. And God yet had someone watching over his word. There was a word on Moses' life because there was a deliverer supposed to come forth. The river could not take him out. 
I don't care how deadly the river is. I don't care how deadly your situation is. It can't take you out. Listen, people be like, you better be careful. You might die. No, no, no. I can't die. Yes, no man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man will come, but guess what? Guess what? I know when he's not coming. Y'all not listening to me. Y'all not listening to me. I don't know when he's coming. I don't. Yes, my days are numbered. I don't know when my day is going to be up, but I know when it's not going to be up. And it's not going to be up till every word on my life is fulfilled, till every promise on my life comes to pass. I cannot die. We listen, Queen. Come on. You got to have the kind of faith that says, I cannot die. I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Why? Because there is a word on my life. It's not me. It's the word on my life. And God is obligated to watch over his word. Are you listening to me? God is obligated to watch over the word. So if I am doing the will of God, and I am obeying the word of God. My life must be spared. I don't care if the plane goes down. I cannot die. I don't care if it is a deadly car crash. I cannot die. Why? Because there is a word on my life, and I am doing the will of God to manifest that word. I cannot die. Sickness, you, COVID could not take me out. I tell sickness, sickness cannot live in my body. I don't care if you touch my body. Somebody need to send to somebody who needs to get their faith out, faith up because you're scared of every disease that hits the world. You're scared of every recession. You're scared of everything. Job says, the thing that I have feared has come upon me. You, you better get out of that fear and get into faith. Baby, I cannot die before my time. I don't care what the enemy says. If he can convince you. That he can take you out, if he can convince you that it's over for you, then he got you. Because faith without works is dead. If you don't operate in the works to put your couple with your faith, then yes, the, the enemy has rights. You have now, fear opens up the door to the enemy. When you are in fear of anything, you open up doors to the enemy to come into your life. And you wonder why you can't get the enemy and get the devil off your family, off your life. Because you've opened up a door of fear. And when you open up fear, fear and faith do not occupy that same space. Your faith has to be greater than the fear. Because when you open up fear, fear is a spirit. And when you allow the spirit of fear, it comes with other demons. It comes with other spirits in your life. You have to shut the door to fear. I don't fear. And if I do fear, God, take the fear out of me because I cannot operate in the faith of God if I am afraid. I'm not afraid of devils. I'm not afraid of the, dim, the, the enemy. I'm not afraid of the demon. I'm not afraid of sickness. Y'all, when I was in Mexico, trapped in Mexico, could not come back to America. My own family did not know. I did not, any, I did not need anybody to know that operates in fear or that would be afraid for me. I don't need your fear because I, I don't need you to manifest something over my life. I'm in faith. I cannot have faith and fear at the same time. My people in my community did not even know. If you do not have the level of faith that I have, I cannot even talk to you. I love you, but I can't talk to you. Y'all, I did prayer calls trapped in Mexico with COVID. You didn't even know it. I still got on here and gave my all like what, nothing wrong. Because I had a faith in God. And before COVID even came, I said I couldn't get it. Okay, but God allowed me to get it. But guess what? I said it cannot live in my body. Even if it could touch this body, you cannot, you cannot touch this body and live. You must die. You must die. That's the kind of faith that I have. You must die. 
And you better believe I anointed my body every single day. I called a, I called one queen that I knew knew how to get a hold to heaven and had the level of faith that I had. And, baby, we decreed and declared the word of God. We renounced any, any door or any portal that opened it up that allowed it to come in. And we renounced it. And we pled the blood of Jesus. And I walked in faith. I said, I am healed. You cannot live in my body. You may can touch it, but you cannot live here. You cannot exist in here. I don't care how long it takes. You must die. Listen, I'm a studier of the old generals of faith, the ones who really work miracles. That's why I believe in miracles because the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Miracle signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. The works that Jesus did on this earth, the Bible says, shall I do also and greater works than these. So, baby, I believe in miracles. I believe that the dead will be raised by my hands. I believe that blinded eyes will be opened, not just spiritual blindness, natural blindness. I believe that I can touch a body full of cancer and cancer must be healed. That's where my faith is at. I don't know where your faith is, but that's where my faith is. So it starts with my own body. If I can't believe healing from my own body, how am I going to pray for somebody else's healing? So I believe, yes, I believe that God allowed sickness to touch my body. God allowed the doctors to tell me that I was suffering from an appendicitis and that it had to be removed immediately or I could die. And I said, no, I'm leaving this hospital with every organ that I came with. I am leaving this hospital with every organ that I came with. You ain't taking nothing out of my body. They say, well, you don't really need the appendix. If God put it in my body, I need it. I don't care whatever I don't care what you say. It ain't leaving my body. That was a faith move. You got to have real faith in God to make a decision like that. Because I could have died. But what do I say? I'm not dying before my time. I'm not leaving this earth till every promise that God has made me has come to pass. Why? Because it's your word. These ain't my words. This is the word of God. The Bible says before one jot. Or one tittle of God's word fail. Heaven and earth must pass away and be no more. Y'all, I got a window to my left and a window to my right. And the last time I checked, the heaven was still there and the earth is still here. So every word on my life, it must come to pass. The heaven is still here. He said before his word fell, heaven and earth got to pass away. Clearly, it ain't passed away yet, so that means the word of God on my life can't fail. That means the word of my life must come to pass, so I ain't going nowhere. I'll wait. Hmm. I will chill right here. I will sit in my darkness. I will sit here and rejoice. I will sit here and praise God. I will sit here and cry out to God before I go anywhere, because this can't take me out. I don't care what it is. It can't take me out, because his word on my life ain't been fulfilled yet. The promises on my life ain't came to pass. No, 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 Lord. You said I was wealthy. You said I was a millionaire. You said that my children was blessed. I ain't even had children yet. So I ain't going nowhere. I ain't nowhere. I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm staying right here. I don't care. I don't care what the enemy comes against me. People are like, girl, you strong. I don't see how you made it. The word of God. See, y'all read the word. I live the word. Amen. Blessing as you go into work, queen. I know. I'm going to get some hot green tea. I ain't going nowhere. See, most people, they read the word. I don't read the word. Baby, I live the word. No, no, no. I live this. Y'all read it like it's a storybook. Y'all read it like it's just a book of principles, and it is. This book is life to me. If there is a scripture in the word to support what I'm going through, you better believe I'm standing on it. I'm reminding God, no, 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 Lord, you said in your word. No, 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 you said this. And you also say that you are not a man that you should lie, neither are you the son of a man that you have to repent. If you said it, you got to make it good. No, 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 Lord, this don't match with the word of God on my life.
at chilling. Listen, so I repeat back to God what he's already spoken. I give heaven no rest. No, 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 no. I give heaven no rest. God, if you said it, I believe it. If you said it, I'm standing on it. If you said it, I'm going to repeat back to you what you said. No, 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 Lord. You said this. And he loves it. Just like a father. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the gift to them that ask? A father loves when. How many times when your, your mother, your father, or whoever raised you, and it was good to you. And you're like, remember, you said if I got good grades, we would do this. Remember, no, 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 you said, and you like, dang, I got to honor my word because I'm not a liar. I got to honor what I told them because I'm a good father. So he's a good father. He's not going to let any word fall to the ground. But if you don't know how to tap into faith and you're not walking in the faith of God, you cannot receive the blessing. So I'm a deliverer even if I'm in the dark. Listen to me. I am still a deliverer even if I'm sitting in darkness right now. Even if my way seems like it's, it's a dark way, I am a deliverer. So this is just my development. Listen. Uh, listen. Moses was in a situation that was dark. What do we say? It was dark. It was dirty. It was dangerous. And it was deadly. But it did not change the fact that he was a deliverer. The basket was dark, the situation was dirty, the decree was dangerous, and the river was deadly, but God yet was a deliverer. The deliverer delivered the deliverer. Listen, I'm going to have to do a part two to this because we ain't even got into the part of the water, the significance of the water. Ah, y'all got me excited. It's already 7 o'clock. Ah, listen to me. Okay, I'm going to run these principles down and we done. Y'all got to take copious notes because y'all know I, I don't just get up here and give y'all some cute little little uh, 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 Sunday morning devotional. No, 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 baby. No, 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 no. If anybody sits up under Destiny Inspired, Destiny King Cannon, Destiny Irving, whatever you know me by, baby, you're going to get this word. You're going to know this word. You're going to live this word because you're going to be powerful, okay? The reason why I walk in such confidence, my confidence comes from the word of God. That's why you can't knock it. That's why you can't say, you can say whatever you want to say to me or about me, but baby, the word backs me up. I got scripture to back up what I do. Y'all, my hair doing its own thing with this hood. Don't even worry about it. As long as y'all getting the word, don't even worry about it. Okay, so we said when God we when we cry when God sees us crying out to Him in the dark, He rewards us in the light. Uh, point number two: Take the baby and nurse him, and I will pay you. God has a way of paying us back for our pain. Jochebed was paid to nurse her own baby, the same baby that was supposed to be die, supposed to die in the Nile River. She is now getting paid to nurse her own child. Listen to me. How does that happen? That's a God setup. That is a God setup. So God has a way of paying you back for your pain. So point number two. Verse 10 says, Moses was drew, she drew him out of water. That's why she named him Moses, because I have drew him out of water. Moses drew the children of Israel out of water. Moses was drawn out of water, so that's why he was named Moses, but he then delivered the children of Israel and drew them out of the water. When he parted the Red Sea, he drew them out of the water to the other side. Listen, what is the point in that? What is the principle in that? The very thing you were delivered from, you now draw others out of. The very thing that you were delivered out of, God now uses you to draw other people out of. Listen, I've experienced things as a woman 
from not losing my identity, depression, despondency, not knowing my purpose, not knowing the plan of God for my life, not living up to the standard, low self-esteem, the very thing that I was delivered out of, I now draw women out of. The very darkness that I had to sit in, I now pull women out of. The very thing that you sit in in darkness is the very darkness that you draw other people out of. Moses' name was because he was drew out of the water. Moses then became a deliverer and drew the children of Israel out of Egypt and out of the water. Do you get what I'm putting down? Is it making sense to you? Are you gathering the pieces to the puzzle? So the darkness that you are sitting in, you have to ask yourself, what is this darkness that I am sitting in? Remember Psalms 139 says, even when I sit in darkness, the night shall be light about me. So the very thing that's supposed to be the night, it's going to bring a light about me. The very depression, the very divorce that was a darkness for me, it is now a light of me. It is now the light about me. There is a light that shines on me and my countenance because of the darkness that I went through. God does not waste pain. So we know he pays you back for your pain. And the very, um, the very thing that you were delivered out of, you now have to become a deliverer of. The very thing you were delivered out of, you have to become a deliverer of. <sighs> okay. Okay. We about to pray. We about to pray and dismiss because, ah, Look at the significance of water in this whole situation, though. Isn't it crazy? And we're praying. We're praying. Stick with me. I'm going to bless you. I'll pray over you. He was delivered out of the water, and he turned around and delivered others out of the water, okay? Look at the journey of water in his life. There's a theme in your life. And a lot of times we try to name everything as a curse. Some things may be, but there are some things there is a pattern. And if you find the victory in the pattern, you can get the victory out of the situation. Find the, find the pattern of the problem. Find out what the enemy meant for bad. God can use it for good. So you can say there was a curse on Moses' life that has to do with water. Or you can say the very thing that we thought was a curse is the very thing that God used in his life as a pattern, as an archetype, as a, as, a, as a type and a sign for what he was called to do. So listen, so first of all, he was delivered through the birthing canal when his mother's water broke, all right? So his mother's water broke. So he was delivered from water from birth, right? But that's not the end of his water journey. He then was put in water, which was the Nile River, the deadliest river in the world. And then he was delivered from the Nile, from the water of the Nile River, he was delivered from the water of his mother's womb. He was then delivered from the water of the Nile River. He was then delivered from the water of the Red Sea because he delivered the children of Israel from the Red Sea because he parted it. So his entire life's journey was a deliverer through water. The very thing that was supposed to drown him and kill him, he uses his power. It was his secret weapon. The water of the birthing canal, the water of the Nile River, and the water of the Red Sea, the very thing that was supposed to drown you, you became a deliverer out of. The very thing that you thought was going to drown you was the very thing that held your power. His power came through water. His power came through what was supposed to drown him and kill him. He now had power over. Y'all not hearing me. The very thing that was supposed to take you out is the very thing that gave you your power. 
Divorce was supposed to drown me and take me out. Depression was supposed to kill me. Sickness was supposed to take me out. It's now the very thing I have power over. It's the very thing that I now have healing in my hands for sicknesses that was supposed to take me out. The very divorce that was supposed to take me out, I now have power to heal other women and bring them out as deliverers that, that have gone through divorce. Depression, low self-esteem, the very thing that was supposed to drown you, you became a deliverer of because you are a deliverer from the dark. So when you are in darkness, the very thing you think you're supposed to die from is the very thing that you're supposed to deliver people out of. Listen, this is a whole series. This is only episode one. Season one, episode one, Deliverers from the Dark. I don't even know what to call this one, but just know this series is called Deliverers from the Dark. I don't know what the name of this particular one is, but stay. you have to come back for the rest of the series, okay? I might be doing Girl Chat Wednesday. I don't know. Stay tuned for the flyer. Stay tuned for the flyer. But I hope you got the principles. Go back and replay this call. Go back and, 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 and extract something new out of this call every time because I need you to stop fainting in the day of adversity. The Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. We don't got small strength or small faith. Baby, you are a deliverer. We don't murmur and complain because our way is difficult. Baby, I'm a deliverer. It's supposed to be difficult. Baby, I'm a deliverer. It's supposed to be dark. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the chosen one. I'm the one called to deliver my family. I'm the one called to break generational cycles of, of sickness, of depression, of poverty out of my bloodline. I'm the one called to my community. I'm the one called to my friend groups. Baby, I am a deliverer. Of course I'm going to sit through some darkness because I'm learning how to navigate even in the dark. A blind man can navigate in the dark. Maybe I'm blind to this world. I'm blind to the, to the, to the depression. I'm, I'm blind to the to the to the. I'm blind to the talking back behind my back. I'm blind to the techniques. I'm blind to that, meaning I can still see through it. A blind man can still see in the dark, meaning he can navigate anything he needs to navigate because he's become accustomed to it. He knows where his refrigerator is. He knows where everything is. Listen, I used to work in a personal care home with a man who was legally blind. He could get around just fine in that house. He could get around better in the house than I could. What would a bang say? You merely adopted the dark. Baby, I was born in it. How can we know when you go live again? I, so I do a prayer call. I'm on live. I do a prayer call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 a.m. The flyer is on my page. I don't know. I don't typically go live every time I do it, so you have to jump on the prayer call. Um, I don't know when I'll go live again. I'm talking to IG. So as we go into prayer, I want you to first, I want us to begin to repent. I want us to begin to repent for talking against our darkness. I want us to begin to repent because we didn't understand what God was taking us through. And we began to murmur, how can I join the prayer call? You just dial into it. If you go to my page when you get off of here, there's a flyer and it has a phone number on it where you can dial into it. Okay, yeah, you can just dial into it from the from the call. So we have to begin to repent um, because we talked against the very thing that we were supposed to gain our deliverance from. We talked against it. We began to murmur and we began to complain because we didn't understand the plan of God. So we have to first um, repent of that, right? Because what God was trying to do in us, we used it and we thought it was something evil, but it was for our good, right? And I always say you cannot benefit from an oil that you don't honor, right? 
And so God wants to impart honor upon us, but we have to become honorable again. We become dishonorable because we've talked against our making. We've talked against things that people, we've talked against people that God used. Yes, they may have been wrong. Yes, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for our good. So we have to first repent of that so we now can reap the blessings of it. The sickness, it, the Bible says, it was good that I was afflicted, that I might learn to keep thy statutes. Listen, it was good some of the things that God sent me through. I would not be where I am today. I would not be a, a healer through his hands. I would not be able to be the deliverer that I am. And I have not even reached the pinnacles of deliverance that I will reach. But if I discredit my making, I end up making a mess out of it. I end up making a mess out of what was supposed to make me because I am a deliverer from the dark. And we're going to journey through the word of God. And I'm going to continue to prove to you deliverers that had to come from the dark. So you can stop sitting in your darkness, despondent. Yes, the situation is dark. It's dirty, it's dangerous, and it's deadly. But that is because you are a deliverer, and God is yet delivering. So, Holy Spirit, God, we come before you first thanking you for being God all by yourself, thanking you for being who you are to us, thanking you, God, that you were the first deliverer, God, that you delivered us, God, out of everything that we've been through, God. Even when we didn't feel like it was a deliverance, even when we didn't feel like we were being delivered, we thought that it was destroying us, but you were developing us before you could deliver us. So, God, we thank you for that, God. We thank you, God, for being who you are to us, God. And so, God, we ask that you would forgive us, forgive us for charging you foolishly. Forgive us for not for not counting at all joy when we fell into diverse temptations, not knowing that the trying of our faith was working patience and that patience should have her perfect work, that we may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God, forgive us for not taking you at your word. Forgive us for not believing when you said that, yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Forgive us for not believing that if we suffer with you, God, that we shall also be glorified with you, God. Forgive us for not believing that in this we know that all things are working together for the good to them that love the Lord and those that are the called according to his purpose, God. Forgive us. Forgive us for not taking you at your word. Forgive us for reading the Bible as, like it's some, some fantastic storybook and not extracting the principles and making the word become rhema to us. God, when we sit in darkness and we go through our dark seasons, God, allow the word to become a rhema word. Allow it to become real to us. No longer something that we read, but something that we live. So God, right now, we thank you, God. I thank you, God. It was good that I was afflicted. It was good for the sickness. It was good for the rejection. It was good for the abandonment, God. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. God, Job said, all the days of my appointed time, I will wait for my change to come, God. Psalms 1 139 says, even when I sit in darkness, the night shall be light about me, God. So even as Miriam guarded the very glory of God on Moses, even as she watched over the word of God, God, you are watching over your word to perform that thing that you promised me, God. So I can't go nowhere. I cannot die. I cannot leave before my time. I cannot be taken out because you said before one jot or one tittle of your word failed that heaven and earth must pass away and be no more. And God, the heaven is still here. The earth is still here. So every word on my life is still must come into fruition. So God, I walk in your precepts, God. God, I walk in your ways, God. God, I won't charge you foolishly, God. God, I will take you at your word. I will trust you, God. I will believe you, God. And God, right now, God, 
We speak strength into the lives of your queens, God. We speak strength into the lives of your chosen ones, your deliverers that may be sitting in darkness right now, God. We thank you, God, that before you even deliver them, God, you are developing them in the darkness, God. So help them to count it all joy, God. God, help them to, to lift up their head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, so the king of glory can come into our life, God. So the king of glory can manifest his presence, can manifest, God, this is manifest Monday, God. And I don't know what this new age doctrine is talking about, but God, I know to manifest means to make real, to bring into existence to bring into eyesight the very promises of God. So, God, I may manifest every word that you've spoken over my life, every word you've spoken over my family, every word you've spoken over the queens of God. God, we walk into a complete manifestation of the word of God, of the presence of God. Manifest your glory in this earth, God. God, even as we sit in darkness, continue there, continue to let there be a light about us. Let a light shine, God, because you said light uh, expels the darkness, God. So every darkness of sin, God, expels. Every darkness, God, of unforgiveness, God, expel it. Every darkness of evil, expel it. But, God, the darkness of our development, God, we thank you for it, God. We praise you for it, God. We won't fear it, God, because you said perfect love casts out all fear because fear hath torment. And he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So, God, we want our love to be perfected in you, God. We want our love to be perfected, God. So, God, right now, God. We thank you, God, for everything, God. You said in all things give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. So, God, we thank you, God. We bless your name, God. We glorify you, God. We honor you, God. You said praise is comely for the upright, God. So, God, we praise your name, God. We magnify your name, God. We adore you, God. God, even in my afflictions, I thank you, God. In sickness, I thank you, God. In health, I thank you, God. God, I will keep my vows towards you, God, that though you slay me, yet will I trust in you, God. God, there's nothing that you can do to me, God, that I will stop trusting you, God. For God, I live and for God, I die. So, God, we praise you, God. God, we thank you, God, that you are covering us, God. We thank you, God, that you put a hedge of protection around the saints of God, around your queens, God. A hedge that the enemy cannot penetrate. And if, in fact, it looks like he has penetrated, it's because you must have allowed it. And so that must mean, God, that you are covering us, even as you still kept Job, God. You said, touch everything that he has, but save his soul, God. God, the enemy may be able to touch things around us, but he cannot touch what's on the inside of us because we guard the very glory of God. We carry the presence of God. We carry the word of God. And as long as we are walking in your word, God, as long as we are walking in your precepts, as long as we are walking, God, before you got upright, before you got, the enemy cannot exact upon us. The enemy cannot sneak attack us, God. God, you said you will do nothing except you reveal it first to your servants, the prophets. So God, open up our spiritual eyes, God. Reveal to us the plan of the enemy, God. Reveal to us every evil arrow that's trying to be sent to us, God. We send it back to the enemy's camp in the name of Jesus. God, we shoot the arrow of the Lord into the enemy's camp to declare war and victory at the same time, God. Even as the man of God opened up the window and he told him to shoot the arrow into the camp of the enemy, God, to declare war and victory, God. We declare war on the enemy, God. We will not take our darkness sitting down. We will not take poverty sitting down. We will not take death and killings and mass shootings sitting down. We will not take a recession sitting down, God. We will rise up as the children of God because you always have a remnant, God. We don't take sickness lightly sitting down, God. I don't care what sickness comes on this earth, God. You were beaten for 
for my transgressions. You were bruised for my iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon you. And you said, with your stripes, I am healed. God, you said you bore my sickness and my infirmities on the cross. You said, God, as a as a sheep before as a as a sheep before the shears is dumb, so you open not your mouth. You bore the sickness for me, God. So I don't walk in sickness. I don't walk in depression. I don't have to walk like this, God. I declare and decree healing for your queens, God. I declare and decree healing for them in their bodies in the name of Jesus. Every sick body, God, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing in the name of Jesus. You said healing is the children's bread, God. So God, give us this day our daily bread. You said healing was the children's bread. If you said it, I believe it. So give us this day our daily bread, God. We thank you, God, that you are not a healer. You are the healer. You are Rafa. You are whatever we need you to be when we need you to be it. We declare healing, God. We declare deliverance, God. We declare restoration, God, to the bodies, God. Strengthen these mortal bodies, God. You said, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day, God. God, you said the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, God. You said it gives strength and and, and substance to the marrows and to the bones, God. So, God, help us to come alive, God. God, you said the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken our mortal bodies, God. I speak to tired bodies, God. I speak to weary bodies, God. I speak to warm bodies. And I command that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to quicken their bodies in the name of Jesus. Quicken their bodies to do the will of God, to do the work of God, to be able to do what you've called them to do on their jobs, God, in their homes, God, in their ministries, God. I quicken them in the name of Jesus. God, we come against every demonic spirit of attack on assignment against your people, God. This day, God, every evil arrow in the name of Jesus, we return it to the sender. We send the fire of God in the name of Jesus that no weapon, no weapon, no weapon that is formed against us shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, we shall condemn a part of our heritage and our righteousness is of you, God. So every single word that's been spoken must come down. Every single evil arrow that's been shot must be broken asunder, God. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. We apply the full force of the blood of Jesus over our lives. I apply the blood of Jesus over the children. I come against mass shootings. I come against killings in the school system. I speak that you will cover the saints' children. You will cover the children of God. I apply the blood of Jesus that every demonic force of attack must be silenced in the name of Jesus. We come against that we will not allow the enemy to have our children. We will not allow the enemy to exact upon them, God. We apply the blood of Jesus, even when they don't have the wisdom or the knowledge how to pray for themselves, God. We pray over them, God over every school bus, God, over every car rider, God, over every classroom, God, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over your queens, the blood of Jesus over their spouses, the blood of Jesus over their families, the blood of Jesus over their homes, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins, the blood of Jesus that justifies us, the blood of Jesus that covers us, God. We don't have to walk in condemnation, God. We don't have to walk in shame, God, because the blood of Jesus has washed it away, God. So we thank you for the blood, God. Some people don't believe in 
the blood, but I believe in the blood of Jesus. I apply the blood of Jesus over my life, over my family, over my unborn children, God, over my parents, God, the blood of Jesus over our finances, God, the blood of Jesus over everything, God, the blood of Jesus. And we stand by God. You said he that comes to God must come to him first, believing that he is God. And what is he? He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, God. So, God, we seek your faith, God, while others are asleep, God, while others, God, are going about their own thing, while others are not thinking about you, God. God, we speak the blood of Jesus, God. We speak your praises, God. We seek your faith, God, because you always reserve a remnant, God. We cover those that are assigned to our lives, God. We cover them, God, even when they're not covering themselves, God. We cover them with the blood of Jesus, and we thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We put a praise on this word, God. We put a thanksgiving on this word that we now understand, God, that the darkness has a purpose, God, that the darkness is developing us, God, that we are deliverers even in the darkness, God, and that you shall still be a light about us. Let the light of your countenance still shine upon us, God. God, even as Moses' face shone when he came off the mountain, God, and he put a veil over his face, God, we will not cover the veil. We will not cover our face with a veil, God. Let the light of God shine in us, God. Let the light of God shine. When we go on our jobs, when we go walk in the grocery store, when we walk in the school system, God, let there be a light about us, God, that shines and expels every darkness in that space, God. Let there be a light about us, God, that, that, that expels the dark plans of the enemy, God, that the enemy cannot do what he wanted to do because you have a queen, God, in that place that is saturated with the blood of Jesus. You have a queen, God, that has been in your presence, God, that what the enemy thought he was going to do, he will not be able to do it because you have an ambassador in this earth, God. We are ambassadors in this earth. We are in this world. We are not of this world. We don't walk like the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't dress like the world. There's something peculiar about us. We are a peculiar people. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. So in the name of Jesus, help us to walk as a royal priesthood, God. God, a priesthood and royalty, we don't walk with our heads down in shame. We don't walk with our heads down in low self-esteem, God. We walk with our head up in our chest, out in our crowns on. So I decree the confidence of the Lord over your people. I decree self-esteem over your people that they would develop, God, something that will allow them to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the fiery darts of the enemy because you said nothing shall by any means hurt us. So, God, we thank you this day. We honor you. We love you. We adore you, God. Every prayer request that's gone up before you, God, we thank you that you hear us every time we pray. God, I thank you that you hear me every time I pray. The same thing that Jesus said before he raised Lazarus from the dead, not because he didn't believe, but he said, I say this for the sake of the people, that they may know that you hear me every time I pray, God. I decree miracle signs and wonders shall follow your believers today, God. I pray unmerited favor, God. I pray that people give unto them, God. I pray unexpected unexpected cash app, God, unexpected checks in the mail, unexpected kindness, God. I pray the light of God shine on your people even as they're in darkness, God. Let the light of God shine on them, God, that the favor of God consume them, God, that wherever they go, men will know they have been in the presence of God. They will know that they have been chosen and called by God. We decree and declare our affirmations. I am healthy, I am whole, and I am healed. I am healthy, I am whole, and I am healed. Favor follows me and finances flow freely to me, child. Favor follows me and finances flow freely to me, child. I walk in peace, 
prosperity and purpose. I walk in peace, prosperity and purpose. I don't know lack and I don't know debt. I thank you that I don't know lack and I don't know debt. All my bills are paid and all my needs are met. I do the will of God always. God lives in me and God dwells in me and God delivers me. We thank you, God. We love you, God. We honor you, God. And we forever give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise both now and forever. And the queens of God said, amen. 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 Queens, thank you. I love you. The playback will be available on the Facebook page, the Queen Council Facebook page. Make sure you save this call, download it. I know we went a little over today, but it's good anyhow because somebody going to need this. When them days are long and when them trials are long, you're going to need a word that's going to take you through it all. So I love you. I'm praying for you. We will be back same time, 6 a.m. for Girl Chat Wednesday. Hopefully one of the other queens do it, y'all. I'll be out here in about 30 minutes because if I do it, y'all know we're going to be here an hour minimum. 60 minutes at the minimum, okay? Hour 30 at the max. But I love you. Instagram had me gas me up, so I went a little longer today because Instagram gassed me up. So y'all can thank y'all Instagram um, kings and queens for gassing me up and had me going an hour and 30. But I love y'all. We'll be back for Girl Chat Wednesday, 6 a.m., and Faith Friday, 6 a.m., same time, same place, same number. I love you. I'm praying for you. Walk in your power. If you are interested in Queen Speak, unlocking the power of your voice, the next cohort is starting. I am ending one right now. Um, our last session is supposed to be this week or next week for Queen Speak, unlocking the power of your voice. If you are ready to start walking in your God-given authority and unlock your voice, use your voice, whether it's for business, ministry, brand, and you know that you are not walking in the full potential of who you are, you are still wrestling with your self-esteem, you're wrestling with your voice and the value of your voice and how to use it, how to talk in a way that you can communicate where people understand, how you can talk where you speak with authority and power, how you can make a room shake every time you open your mouth, then you need to sign up for Queen Speak, unlocking the power of your voice, right? So you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram and put in your, your email address or you're on the early access list. The early access list will usually get the program at 50% off if you're on the early access list. So make sure you are on there. Women who have gone through this program have become best-selling authors. They unlocked their voice. They wrote, they wrote the book. Not only did they write the book, they became a best-selling author. They became public paid speakers. They've stepped into ministry. They've stepped into full-time ministry, full-time entrepreneurship. They've operated in business. So whatever that looks like for you, we have testimonies upon testimonies. It works when you work it. I, I know I'm called to do this, okay? And it will be a program that you will never experience by anybody else, and I put my money where my mouth is on that. So enroll on the early access list so you can get information, Instagram bio, the first link. Put in your email address. I'll be sending out emails today for more information. Queen, speak, unlocking the power of your voice. I love you. I am praying for you. Walk in your power. Command your room. Destiny, inspire, and the Queen Council prayer call. We are signing out. Love you.